my story allowed me to not just leave that place, but I built a handful of multiple six-figure businesses. And then I went on to build a multiple seven-figure business by the time I turned 30. All right. I'm so excited that you're here. This is probably one of my favorite topics. It's the art of how do we actually not just move our business forward, but how do we actually do the damn thing? So 16 years ago, I was a single mom who I put my kids to bed hungry like all the time. And I was constantly frustrated and angry and pissed off. I mean, I made $10.22 an hour. And inside of this, no matter what I did, I couldn't seem to make it happen. I was negative $400 every single month. It's $1,000 per kid to put them in preschool. $10 an hour is like roughly $1,600 a month. When I started a business, it wasn't because I could write code, developed a product or any of the above. It was simply because I was desperate. Whether you're sitting in this room right now and you're on your way to getting to a million or you're looking to add a million to your bottom line, what I want you to know is that it wasn't luck. It wasn't being in the right place at the right time. It wasn't any of those things that allowed me to leave that place of being this pissed off woman 24 hours. It was my willingness to not think small. And specifically when it comes to my story, my story allowed me to not just leave that place, but I built a handful of multiple six-figure businesses. And then I went on to build a multiple seven-figure business by the time I turned 30. My business partners in the company I sold in 2015 were Xerox Corporation and Hewlett Packer. When we sold it, we had three offices and 15 employees. Today, I've taken the concept of not just my story, but the good, the bad, and the ugly of my story. And it's allowed me to build a movement that is around the world in which we grow and scale companies of all sizes. Here's what's real. Principle and lesson number one, regardless of what conversion, what business, what sales, what process you're after, I want you to know that your story as the CEO is the greatest asset that you have, period. Now, when I say that, I don't want you to think I'm saying a story. This is not about storytelling. A story is over there. I'm talking about your story. Your story, the beginning, the middle, and the end is the fabric of the brand, the culture. It's what is going to get people to say yes the first time versus the seventh time. It's going to allow you to build a sales force that's not just exciting, but they're on fire. It's going to allow you to track not just great employees, but like amazing team members. If you talk to any of my team today, whether it's a sweet Mexican woman, a a super cool white girl, you're going to think you're talking to me. That's the importance of building a team, culture, and more importantly, sales that goes far beyond the person who's going, hey, do you want to buy something? What's important about story and why we start there, because... I built a multiple seven-figure business and I never sold anything on the internet, period. Never sold not one item on the internet. And I share that with you because yes, there is the art of marketing and conversions and funnels and all of those things. But I built a seven-figure business as a black woman in technology and I didn't use the internet and it was just me. I don't have a college education. I don't have any licenses. 
and I don't have any certifications. Now, when you think about the market, here's why this concept becomes really important because all of you, somewhere inside of what you do, you're solving a problem. The solution that your customer is buying is a solution to the problem that they have. And you may think, hey, I deliver and give products and services. And yes, you do. But the truth is that you actually solve problems. In every market, your market's already saturated. When we lead and we say things like we used to say back in the day, well, we do right by our customers. My customers have my cell phone number and they can access me on the weekend. We go the extra mile. We don't give them a 1-800 number. We pick up the phone after five. We're honest. Integrity drives us and all of those other things and items and statements. But the truth is that like 12 of us all do the same thing. I bet you everyone in this room would say, I do the right thing by my customer always. Half of you in this room would say, my best customers, the people who are paying the most money, they have my cell phone number. They can access me on the weekend. I'm always there for them. None of those things make you unique. The only thing that you actually have that makes you unique in the market is your, or your story. Your story. CEOs, if you're a CEO here and you're running an organization, and let's say you have 30, 40, 50, 60 people deep, it doesn't make a difference. It's all the same. Your story is the only thing I've never heard before. It's the only thing that makes you unique. Now, let me show you, I love numbers and stats. So I'm gonna show you really quickly why it matters. Because the art of conversion is not necessarily simply getting more people to say yes. A lot of my peers are on big stages with me around the world and they constantly talk about driving more traffic. And yeah, we can buy more traffic. We can build a bigger sales force. We can do all these things, but man, yes, we could drive more traffic, but we'd make a whole lot more money if we just figured out how to convert more of that traffic. That's fact number one. Fact number two, let's say we did increase traffic. If we had more of the right traffic, so there's traffic and then there's more of the right traffic. That's principle number two. Number three, we have people that say yes and we're excited about them saying yes at a low price point and a high price point. But what's really real for me is that, man, if we could figure out how to get that lead and extend their LTV, the lifetime value, that is the most important part in any company. It is why Apple has had me in their grasp forever. It's the truth. They have had me in their grasp forever between the phones, the five devices, the watch. I mean, I'm going to continue to spend money with them. And the reason why is because they're more, they're not as excited about me acquiring that phone. What they're excited about is the lifetime value of this purchase. Everybody get that? This is the most important part in not just creating business, but creating cash in your business because they don't have to spend as much money to reacquire this lead or for me to spend more money in their business. We can wrap our heads around this, making money, growing our business, getting to a million, adding a million becomes so much easier. The market is what it is and it doesn't lie. The market dictates facts. And once I understood this a little over a decade ago, it changed everything for me and how I built businesses, how I scaled, how I acquired team, and more importantly, how we marketed. So the market dictates that at any given time, three to 
of the market, this is independent of the industry, is saying, right now, I need said product or service. The market also dictates that somewhere right around 45 to 55% says, you know what, I don't need that product right now at this moment, but I need it, I might need it somewhere between six and 36 months from now. The market also dictates, regardless of the product or service that we're talking about, that somewhere inside of 35% to 45% of the market says, hell no, I don't need that product or service. It's not for me. I don't want it. Please stop talking to me about it. Okay. Now, and this is what we put, hell no. Okay. So understanding this shifts and change, not only how you market, but who and what you're marketing with. Most conversations, sales pages that we see, people that we see on stage, flyers that we get to our home, amazing funnels, digital advertising, we're talking to this person, to the person who's in the market right now, who is already looking for that product or service. It's kind of like, you know those um, late night infomercials, they come on and then they're like, are you tired of, okay? And then all of a sudden we see the egg splatter and then the egg is exploding in my face. And apparently this egg is very dangerous, which is why I need the egg cooker 3000, okay? Because it's going to solve my problems. Now, what's real is that that type of marketing, when we say, hey, we have this product and we're the best people for this product, typically we're just talking to this part of the market. It's the same thing like if you've ever gone to a networking meeting, anyone ever gone to a networking meeting or a meeting where you have an opportunity like this to connect with other people and you get an opportunity either to talk for a short period of time or to get up and introduce yourself for 60 seconds. And then we hear this. Hi, my name is Susie Sally Smith with Susie Sally Smith Cleaning and we have organic that are basically just water products and we clean the trees outside, the cars and all things in between. And if you need organic, holy base product, please call Susie Sally Smith Cleaning, okay? Now that, in some aspects, it's effective because if there's someone sitting in the audience who just said in the last couple of days, man, I need to find different cleaning products because such and such has asthma in my house. Totally, you're gonna get that sale. That person's gonna run over to you. But what's real is that in that room of 20 people, it fit here. We had one or two people that fit here We had, I don't know, nine or so people that fit here. And then we had seven to eight people that fit here. Your responsibility as a CEO is to stop talking to these people. They're already sold. So when we take our marketing dollars and we just focus up here, we're, we're literally selling to people who are already sold and we're betting on being in the right place at the right time. Our responsibility is as, as effective, not just marketers, but salespeople is to build our sales process around these people and this people. Imagine if you went into a room and instead of walking out with two leads out of 20, your company walks away with 14 leads out of 20. That's where you change the game. Same effort, same time, same dollars spent, same amount of time being ready. But it is the difference between walking away at the end of the month with $50,000 and walking out with $250,000. No more effort, no more time. We develop our sales process and the marketing around it to talk to these people. 
And why do we talk to these people and these people? Because we're the expert. The reason why your story matters in the sales process is because you're the expert, not the general practitioner. The general practitioner in every market will stand up and say, hi, my name is Susie Sally Smith with Susie Sally Smith Cleaning. And we clean products, basically organic water products. That's really what they are. And dot, 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 dot. But the expert in the market understands and knows the market. My first question to you today is, as you teach, as you build sales pages, as you do launches and press releases, acquire team, whatever it is you do to attract your audience, do you show up today as the expert or do you show up as another great provider? This statistic will absolutely change just about everything because what it does is allows us to understand and ask ourselves the question, well, man, are we really just talking to these people? Is our sales process set up for these people or is it set up for everyone else? Let me show you how this dials down really quickly. If you could just play along with me for just a moment. Show of hands, how many of you right now are in the market for a brand new car? Where you're like, you know what? I really am in the market. You are in the market for a brand new car. I'm also in the market for a brand new car. Okay, great. Two, three. Okay, great. Awesome. So there's three people. Okay, how many of you say, you know what? I like, I like my car. I just bought it a year and a half ago. This Avalon, the heat's still blowing. I don't think I'm going to look at a new car right now, but maybe in the next two to three years. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven. Okay, great. Awesome. And how many of you are like, I just bought my car. I love this thing. It's great. I'm not buying anything anytime soon. Can you please just raise your hand real quick? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, great. So this is plus or minus. Okay. Do you see how cleanly this is? This, it doesn't matter if we're talking about cupcakes, houses, cars, stripper shoes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens. What's important here is that you understand that the market, every room you go in, every time you launch an ad that is seen by the market, every time you sponsor an event and they put your name on a billboard, if your company today is not walking out with enough leads, number one, it's because we don't have the story that talks to the actual people who really need your help. But because you didn't show up as the expert, they thought they could wait to get the solution versus acquire it now. Everybody with me? Everybody get me? Okay, great. So this is concept number one. Now, when you think about the market and understanding that, we believe, I'm going to quickly tell you, teach you the framework of your story. And it's not necessarily from a marketing perspective, but it actually sits in the center of a sales conversation. So the sales conversation can be had in person, one-to-one or one-to-many. The sales conversation could be had on a landing page or a sales page for your products or services. The sales conversation could happen if you ever take the stage and you're speaking or teaching. Anything in which you say to the market, I'm here and I'm the best choice for you. Now, what's important about this, so before I walk into the framework, I really want to make it clear that sales does not start at the end when we provide amazing products or services. Everyone in here, I'm sure, provides some type of amazing product or service. But the hardest part of making money and getting this person to say yes is 
getting them at the beginning. The sales process starts before the conversation starts. The sales conversation, that willingness for that lead to convert, totally starts before the party even happens. Mm -hmm. And in this concept of how I show up, I want to give you this visual, the general practitioner versus the expert, because it's important for me to show you how in dollars and cents, it's not just necessarily the quality of the lead or how quick you convert them, but the price that you convert them for. And for some of you, if you have a product-based business, you might have a fixed margin, but there's some part of your business, either you started today or you haven't started, that should be service component, that should be a service component, so that way you can control your cash. Now, what's important for me is I want you to visualize this. I am sick. And in me being sick, I head to the doctor and I go, hey, my stomach is hurting. And he's like, Tiffany, man, you know, I'm not really sure, but maybe we could put you on this medicine for a couple of weeks and see what happens. You can come and follow up with me in a month. And I like John. John's awesome. He's been taking care of me for a long time. But the truth of the matter is that He's my general practitioner. He's my family specialist. And he gives me some things and he recommends some things. But at the core of it, I leave there and I'm not 100% sure that this solution that he's given me is going to work. I'm in pain. My pain is could be moderate. It could be extreme. It could be mild. But it doesn't change the fact that I'm in pain. So what do I do? I look for a specialist. Now, what's important for me about dollars and cents is that I went to John. I love John. Nice guy. Flipping amazing, right? But John charges me $173. Inside of his office was a five by five cheap Walmart picture. It was a sterile table or bed that I sat on. There were pamphlets and more importantly, I am sitting in a 10 by 10 room. Now I head over to the specialist. The specialist kind of has a five by five picture from Walmart and he has a sterile, I don't know, bed. And he's got some pamphlets, but here's the difference. I walk in through the door. I say, Hey Mark, how you doing? My name is Tiffany Largi and I'm really having some pains and I'm feeling this. And he's the specialist. So what he does really quickly is he says to me, Tiffany, are you experiencing X and this? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, you know what? You have, do me a favor, take some tomato juice, this pill, and jump up and down five times. And in a week, you should be better. And then he's like, and take this to the front desk. Okay, all of you, how many people have actually been in an office like that where you've had that experience? Okay, at least half of the room. So he goes like this. And then he hands you this paper and you're like, shit, I'm sorry. He's like, you see this number at the bottom, $593. The reality is that the specialist in the market charges three times the three times what the general practitioner charges and make no mistake about it. The expert and the general practitioner go to school for the same amount of time, the same amount of time. They don't even go to school for anymore. But the difference in the market, which is where conversion and true sales comes in, is that this guy just made a decision. 
that he, out of the gate, was going to establish himself as the expert. Establishing himself as the expert out of the gate allows him to charge more money, get more of the right leads, convert a whole hell of a lot faster. And then more importantly, in theory, he actually doesn't work as hard. Why? Because this person has to have three conversations, three conversions to get this one. Everybody with me so far? So we can do a million dollars, but at the end of the day, it's a whole lot faster for me to get to a million dollars here than it is for me to get to a million dollars there. Fact. I'm going to work three times as hard. My question to you is, do you show up as the expert or the general practitioner? Now in this, so the general practitioner has a couple of key things in place, but what's important is that the general practitioner has these three things in place in order, or I should say the expert has these three things in place to ensure that their sales process and their ability to get to the million or add a million or whatever it might be happens. Number one, they have a sales process. Okay. They have a way to process that lead from beginning to end. So inside of that, that's how the lead is acquired. What happens when it sits? And if you are actually taking your leads into some type of a conversation or you're interfacing with salespeople, or maybe you invite them to your office or you invite them to an event, regardless of that process, that middle process, this is where we are connecting with the lead and asking them to say yes. And then it's getting them to buy again. And I should probably add in right here what happens to lead and to get a yes. And then getting them to buy a lead, a, again. So this might look like how you onboard, how you create value after the sale, how you create community. It is a reason why people fly from around the world. People fly from around the world to come to our live events, to, 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 to have, to teach, to, to listen to me. But they don't just come once. They come again because of this last part. Because after we get them to say yes, there's more dollars to be had here. There's community. There is connection. And that connection allows for ongoing currency. Now, in addition to that, it allows us to do some cool things like create brand ambassadors, create amazing word of mouth. It's kind of why if you hear me anytime on any live stream, I'm always concerned when I see Androids. And someone wants to take a picture of me. And I'm like, no, is that an Android? We can't use an Android to take that picture. Who has an iPhone in the room? That's exactly what I say. Brand loyalty. Not only am I committed to that brand, but I'm also committed to saying, you should have an iPhone, not an Android. Now, that importance, that ROI, Apple's not paying me. Apple doesn't give me any type of a kickback. There are no affiliate links in our world, but it doesn't change the fact that this ambassador is all in. When you sell to people and you want more money, you want that sale. I don't care if they're spending $7. You want them to be crazy all in, not just to make a purchase. The second thing they have in place is they have a sales, an SMP, sales management tool or process. You can have all the data in the world, but if you are not tracking or managing that data, 
it's like a complete, we're like, we're just leaving money on the table. So in the last bit of time, I'm going to show you how to frame your story and insert it into a sales conversation. So it would be the same thing if you were doing on a sales page or anything else. So the beginning of our story has a setting, people, and process. The middle of our story has the challenge, the obstacle, the problem, the thing that I need to overcome. This is the middle of my story. Okay. And then the end of the story has the outcome, the solution, the win. Now, inside of this, let me just ask, everyone got this? Everyone got it. Okay, great. I want to move on. So the reason why these three pieces of a story matter is because of this one key component. Inside of our story, every single business has a responsibility to the market to answer these four questions. This is what the prospect is listening for and looking for and wanting on the other side. The prospect is looking to hear these four things when they engage with your company. Number one, what problem are you solving? Number two, who are you solving it for? Number three, this is the most overlooked. What gives you the right to solve it? Number four, why do you want to solve it? Without these three and four, your prospect leans in but it's tough for them to convert. Let me just go over them really quickly. What problem are you solving? Who are you solving it for? What gives you the right to solve it? Why do you solve it? Why do you want to solve it? This key component, what gives you the right, is one of the most important because the prospect is sitting there and they like you. Like you look nice, you're friendly, your office is great, your team is awesome. But they still want to know, if I spend this money, will my problem be solved for sure? I don't want to spend money two, three, four, five, six, seven times. And I met a guy last week and my sister knows somebody and I'm connected to 25 people on LinkedIn and blah, 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 blah. And so what happens there is that if we don't answer this question, you get a whole lot of, man, that sounds so fascinating. All right, we should connect in a couple of months. We should connect in a couple of weeks. You know what? Let me think about it a little bit and I'm going to get back to you. And oftentimes, you know what happens? That person goes, I'm going to write down their name. I'm going to Google them when I get home. I'm going to do a little bit more research. But it's because on the other end, emotionally, that person wasn't satisfied. They didn't hear this. Oh, yes, for sure. You're going to solve my problem. However, they engage with your company, whether it was in person, online, and an ad, it doesn't matter. They walked away and said, man, I really like Jessica. She's super awesome. I love actual, but here's the truth. I absolutely don't know for sure that they can solve my problem. So let me look around. Let me see other options. Let me, let me just, let me, let me think about it. And then if I don't find anything, I'll come back to this, which means in that moment, you to them were the general practitioner. You weren't the expert. Now, inside of this, We have a responsibility to give our customers some form of quantifiable result. 
The only reason why people trust me to build their businesses, to scale their businesses, or to help or our company to help them do the damn thing, whether it's them or their sales team or whatever it might be, is because I built a multiple seven-figure business. I did it. Some of our wins are not quant, they're not in revenue. Some of our wins are in other areas. But it doesn't change the fact that the prospect needs to be emotionally satisfied. We still, people are still buying from people and people are still making decisions based on emotion. And it's not because they're emotional. They just trust their gut feeling. They trust how they feel. They kind of interpret all of what they hear and then they make a decision. And the higher the dollar value of what you're selling, the more important it is to establish that out of the gate. It makes selling, building a sales force and getting yeses the first time so much easier. Last but not least, I'm going to give you a simple framework for how to develop a conversation. So I wasn't planning on doing it, but I think I know for a fact it'll be helpful to someone in this room because you're having conversations with people and the conversations, either you're having a conversation or people are visiting your website and it doesn't turn into dollars. So this kind of simple format plus or minus is what we give and sell to our clients around the world. Their sales forces and that individual person uses the same thing. So it's a five-step simple process. It's called five steps to mastering the sales conversation. Number one, we want to, when we get on, have that conversation, we want to establish the, and if you run a sales team, this is a great thing literally to type up and hand to them. You want to establish the excitement and the energy. Why? Because you want to set the tone. If you start the conversation, your salesperson starts the conversation, they're like, hey, hey, I'm super excited about this call. Let's go. We're going to have a great time. Uh, the person's on the other line, like, you know, they're taking a moment and they're like, yay, we're so excited. And what happens is that if you don't believe this is the best thing that's going to happen, they can't believe either. And you've got to sit inside of this fact that you're about to change their lives. That at the other end of the food, the insurance policy, the business consulting, I don't know, the product that they're going to acquire, you're changing their lives in some way, shape, form, figure. That's exciting. Now, number two, we ask an open-ended question. You need to find out about them. So a lot of times we ask assumption questions. Assumption questions are dangerous, especially like, you know, life coaches, business coaches like to ask questions like, so do you have children? And that sounds like a simple question. That's fair, right? But what happens in a conversation is that it creates a zag. It creates a stop, an abrupt stop, because I've got to go yes or no. If the answer is no, it could be super awkward. If the answer is yes, it could still be super awkward. Now, what's important is that you think of all conversations, whether this is sales, whether you're visual or you're in person, you want them to flow. No zags. The more you zag, the longer you distance that sales actually converting at the end. So what's important is that you ask an open-ended question. So for example, like an open-ended question for me might be, how do you make money? Let them talk, let them share. The third thing we ask is, what's your biggest challenge? So what's your biggest challenge? We never ask what's the problem in your company? What problems do you have? We just want to know what is the number one thing at the top of that list? Whatever is the biggest problem in the house gets the money first. Whatever is the biggest problem in the house gets the money first. So in a business, whatever my biggest problem is right now as a CEO, is going to get my attention in dollars first. 
period, always. In my house, it's the same thing. If it's the middle of winter and the dishwasher and the heater go out at the same time and we live in New York, everybody's washing by hand, period. It's a fact. Now, inside of that, you can sit inside of that. The reason why you want to ask what's your biggest challenge is because you want this open-ended question and that person to deliver and give to you because now you've got to figure out how to take the problem that you're solving and make sure that you're speaking just to the number one problem that they have. The fourth thing is we insert our story. And this is your credibility. This is your company's credibility. This is your history. This is not, we've been doing it a long time. Like if you're like, well, I've been a lawyer for 20 years, you could have sucked all 20 years. That's the fact. Does not make you a good lawyer. Does not make you the best choice. It's a fact. I've been doing this for 15 years. It doesn't matter. No, what matters is that you have results in those 15 years. Number five, we then put, this is where we actually ask. Ask for the sale. So, so often we say, okay, great. So I'm going to leave all this material with you. And if, you know, just let us know how we can help you. That is not an ask and it's not a question. And oftentimes that's going to result in the person going, give me some time to think about it. And basically they're like, give me some more time to stalk you because I'm not sure. And I'm going to go online and I'm going to research other people, maybe find a cheaper price. I'm going to talk to my friend and my brother who knows somebody, okay? And nine out of 10 times, you lose that sale. You've wasted all of the money, energy, and effort that you put into getting to that point, which took your company a lot of money. And more importantly, you don't get to the goal at the end. Man, have I told you how glad I am that you're here? Like, real talk. Have I flipping told you how glad I am that you are here? You have listened This is the part of the show where I say, go follow us, go find us, go follow us, go stalk us, but just make sure that we're connected. Head to do the damn thing.tv, do the damn thing.life, or just go hang out on tiffanylargy.com. If we are not friends on Facebook, if you have not liked our Instagram page, go do that because you're going to want to see what we're doing, how we're doing, and how we're doing the damn thing daily. 